What do creative people living in the Florida Keys, like us, who have full-time jobs in order to pay bills, what do you do in your free time to exercise and use your creative brain and feed your creative soul? That's the question, and this podcast will provide answers. My name is Nancy Truesdale. Welcome to Creatives in the Keys. Today's a special day for me. Hi, this is Nancy Truesdale. I'm getting to interview a friend, a colleague, and somebody I admire greatly, Carmen Kelly, owner and founder of the Key Largo Art Gallery and a local Upper Keys artist. Carmen, as I look at your artwork, I'm always struck by with the sophistication of not just your content, but the quality and the movement of paint and all that you bring to it. But I'm dying to know, how did you get started? Every phase that I have had in my in my life, and it's what I, I actually um, look back into, it has had something that I uh, can use when it comes to an art piece and say that was in the 80s or that was in the 70s and, and so forth. So it, I think it has a lot to do with paralleling it to my life and my family. But when I really actually... Um, started uh, was when my kids were still babies and I <laughs> I had to draw during the time they took naps. So to me, I've always drawn and therefore I started when I could hold a pencil. You took it more professionally when? When did it become um, more than just an outlet for you? When I needed to have an outlet to go and do things that I like besides raising children and which I loved. But even so, I uh, would look around and I grew up in Pinellas County. So there were shows that uh, like in Straw Park, which is downtown St. Pete and Ebor across the uh, the bay in Tampa and so on. And I would apply. And when I was accepted, there were jury shows and I was accepted. So it gave me a nice boost to try for the next one and so on. But my favorite one was a little show that I now use as a segue with um, how I got from there to here called Circus McGurkis. <laughs> and Circus McGurkis was an outdoor show and everyone went out there and they had all their wares. And that one is the one that I would say from Circus McGurkis to Key Largo Art Gallery as my transition through maybe 30 years worth. What did you bring to the Circus McGurkis show? What was that like? The Circus McGurkis, back then I used to draw more with ebony pencils and colored pencils. Actually, that's how I, that was my forte. My husband decided that he was going to dangle a clothesline and there was my art from one treat to the next. And I sold three pieces out of like, five. <laughs> held, held up with clothespins, the real? Absolutely. I held up with, but it was the best and most fun show I ever had because I sold. Was that your first time like putting yourself out there to sell it was my first time doing that, and I came out of there um, ahead of the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's, ahead of the game. Yeah. That's great. When did you move to Key Largo, and how did you start what we now know as the Key Largo Art Gallery? And that's a long story, but I moved to Key Largo because my husband was transferred in 1995 to Miami, but I needed to move to the Keys as a Marine person because that's the other area that I'm, I deal with. So... Um, that's when we decided that I didn't have enough space in my house to go ahead and, and paint there because I would be distracted and I would be doing laundry as opposed to, you know, sitting for a long time doing what I really wanted to do and the passion that I had. 
So I rented a spot at the U-Haul and the flea market over there, and I would go and spend the whole entire weekend away from everything that would keep me away from the arts. And so that's where I started my introduction to actually the commercial part of me here in the Keys. So we're talking uh, mile marker 104, 104 U-Haul. You rented a, a, a bay, and that became your studio. And that became my studio, and I would open both sides because it was hot. <laughs> there was no air conditioning <laughs> in there. It still is. <laughs> but in the weekends, people would come, and they would actually buy from all kinds of vendors. It was really a fun place to be. And then they would walk into mine, and I'm like, I don't have a shop. This is like I'm drawing. And they would offer me money, and so I would say, well, of course I will sell this piece. I can always draw another one. <laughs> and that's how it started. You've had another space since and before where you are now. Where was the next space? Well, the next space is actually uh, transitioned in between that. I actually had two other galleries that I um, went ahead and, and showed in. One was in the Rain Barrel, and then the other one was where right now the Murata Walk is. Actually, where PASA is at this time, and it was a co-op. And so that co-op allowed for us to at least work maybe two times a week. And there I sold art, and I said, oh, my gosh, I'm learning a lot of things from other artists that are down here. I feel that every single time that I moved from one step to the next, I was learning and increasing my knowledge on how I was going to open up my own gallery. When did you move to the space where you are now? I was in two spaces previous to this, but I was uh, on Ma in uh, Mall Marker 103 next to Melendi. And then that's where I only had four artists that decided, okay, we're going to try this out with you. And one of them being, three of them being very well-known artists, and I won't name them, but I, they are still. And then my daughter, who was going through school, and she decided she was going to be the person that would manage the place. She wasn't even an artist at that time, but through that process became one. And then right next door here, where I am right now, I'm on marker 103 at Central Plaza. And because I had more and more artists wanting to join how this gallery was run, I went from four artists and I now represent 33. I want to talk now more about your art. What motivates you? What What's in your art, your creative process? My art is um, has grown uh, since I started, and that was a long, long time ago. But the art really moves, moves mm -hmm. with you as you learn different things. So I started out, like I said, with colored pencils and maybe um, drawing the things that were around me, so that were familiar to me. But the best part of it was when I started to leave the pencils and then found the most amazing thing with paint. Because you can paint over it <laughs> and you can make that paint move. And I think that's probably my signature till today. The, the fact that whether it was something that was very familiar to me in my background, whether it was something that I did when I was working out at sea, because I did go and um, work in the research vessels and so on and, and saw the water and nothing stood still. <laughs> so therefore, and the same with music, I have to draw to music. And music is what gets my art to actually move. And it depends on the mood. So when you start seeing things that are very quiet and mellow, like the Everglades, which I might do, even the water is moving, but it's moving silently. But when you get to my Latin 
flair and all my ladies that I work with and, and draw, then now you start listening to the music within the piece. And I, we haven't mentioned this before, but Carmen, you are Cuban nationally, and that is part of your background? I was Cuban born. I've been here since I was six. So that's a long time. <laughs> and um, grew up here. So uh, everything that I've done has had a little flair or influence in my background, but still, you don't lose it. The beat goes on. Yes. And do, do you mind being characterized as a Cuban artist? No, I'm very proud of who I am. And I'm definitely very proud of uh, what comes out of my hands when it comes to acknowledging that I am born a Cuban American and use that in, in my signature. Some of your pieces um, have a strong Cuban influence. I see the Caribbean colors. I see some even um, Caribbean Cuban um, subject matter. Uh, but again, you have many paintings that don't deal with that at all, um, from mellow colors all the way to your vibrant colors. So you're way more than just one, um, one note. Yeah. <laughs> Very diverse. Is there something that draws you that you find yourself painting or drawing over and over? I think it's the, uh, whether I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> um, a lot of the things that I do when I'm happy, you have a lot of color. I love, believe it or not, to use the color red and that's pretty <laughs> labeling it, but I tone it down with the turquoises and, and I, I move myself to do, Something very bright one day, but then I transition into something that's very mellow. And that's where the balance between drawing things that are in the environment and drawing things that are in my Cuban past allow me to be that diverse. Carmen, how do you see yourself as an artist? I see myself through color. I am a Cuban-American artist, and that is part of who I am, and that's what I bring out into my art. Uh, the colors of the Caribbean, the land that I remember, the music that I would hear and the movements that I would make <laughs> would probably be uh, an interpretation of how my art moves. And that's how I see myself. Certainly you were shaped by, you know, the time since that you've been in the United States since you were six, uh, growing up in Pinellas County and the quality of light here in South Florida. All of that is evident in your paintings as well. It is evident in my paintings. Um, I'm, I'm glad that I lived in various places and was able to look at different things and experience incredible amount of quality time, not only as uh, a member of a family that actually encouraged my art and listened to music all the time. And definitely it was movement music. And <laughs> Yet I was able to actually work in a field where everything was quiet and all you could hear were the sounds of the water or the birds, etc. So the diverse, going from one to the other when it comes to sometimes you want to compare my art, why do you do this and then you do this, has allowed for me to move back and forth through different mediums as well as different color variations to give me an incredible spectrum or extreme in the arts that I do. So let's switch gears. And I'd like to ask you, what is it like as an artist in the Keys? Can you compare working here and living here as an artist to some of the other places that you've lived? This is a very small area. And in order to be here, to compare it to other places, which I have been, I'm not saying a very, very large city, but it's informal and everyone knows you. Here in the Keys. Here in the Keys, everyone knows you. 
So therefore, you um, have to take what is around you, your environment, the people here, and so on, and look at it as this is not a large city. Everybody knows each other, and you have the Coconut Telegraph. So most of the things that I, I have done since I started, which maybe that's around 25 years worth of art, has been to give back to the community. And then giving back to the community actually has allowed people to walk through my doors to continue to either enjoy my art, but to also use it as a source of raising money for those that, that are so close-knit in our area. Anyone who's spent any time in the Keys knows that we've constantly got um, some sort of benefit or function going on, and at almost every single one, I see a piece of yours donated. So that's part of what you're talking about. Right. You Where you are, this is your home. You have to give back. And so not expect anything from it, but expect that uh, whatever you did is going to make where you live more comfortable for someone else. And that's what I've done with my artwork. Were some of the other towns that you've lived in, were they as small and connected as this place? I never experienced anything like this in my life. That's what has kept me here for so long, and I consider it my home. I have never seen people going from door to door asking for donations and taking it in as personal as I do because I may not know that person specifically, but I may know a friend. Uh, student that I may have taught and so forth, and, and it makes it part of me. And, you know, I've skipped over a big part of who is Carmen Kelly and forgot to tell everyone that you are a lifelong educator. And um, you want to briefly outline that part of your career? In about a five second, <laughs> I um, have a degree in social science. That's what I wanted to do when I first went to college. And then I, I tagged on the art because that, like you heard me, I, that's what I've done all my life. And then later on in life, I de I was always being hired to teach science from third grade all the way to high school and decided that was going to be my <laughs> next area, which I went ahead and did with oceanography. So I have three areas that I have taught throughout the whole entire time that I taught here in the Florida Keys, 25 years worth. And you taught before you came to the Keys. And before I came to the Keys also, yes. I actually, one of my favorite things that I ever did was teach on board a research vessel, and I uh, started a camp for girls as minorities in science, which is going on its 27th year at USF. So that that is my probably the thing that I'm most proud of when it comes to the field of the education. And you are currently the art teacher at our local high school, Coral Shores. Yes. And right there in, in that art room, there's a lot of diversity also, <laughs> and especially when it comes to the different subject matter that I have to teach, going from drawing one, two, and three to all ceramics in the next class or painting in the next class. And the number of students that I serve and help um, has actually increased. It kept me young because I'm always <laughs> moving. <laughs> Transitioning now to our young artists, like what advice would you give to somebody who wants to make a living from art? What would you tell them and uh, what, what do they need to know before they make that choice? It's hard and I would not discourage them, but I would say that you really have to do your homework. It's not overnight that somebody's going to go, oh my gosh, you are a great artist. Well, you are. But it is how you do this that is going to take you through that entire, like I said, 25, 26 years of road trip to even be recognized because there are a lot of us out there that are just as good. 
It's how you present yourself. It's the other things that you might want to do through life. You don't have to stop at one thing. You can do a multitude of different things in your life. So taking it to a different level would be probably by going to art shows and getting to know artists in your community, being professional at all times, knowing how to not only mat, but also be able to sell your art. So there's a lot of different areas that you have in school that teach you all of these different things that bring you to become an artist. So there's more than just being able to paint or draw or, you know, create. You have to have the long game in mind. You have to conduct yourself as a professional. And know your math, know your uh, history, know uh, how to communicate with people, have the ability to, you know, book a show and introduce yourself. So there's the manners. Yes. <laughs> and so therefore, the respect that you earn um, from all of this comes from the sources that you have already in your background when it comes to having gone through school and learned the multitude of different subjects that'll get you to be an artist. And you've taken it to another level by running your own business all these years. You're not just an artist, but you own a gallery and, you know, run that side as well. So there's a lot going on in the the game of being an artist. It's not circus McGurkas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with uh, with anybody interested in, you know, the career of art and uh, doing it here in the Keys? Stick to what you love, whether it's going to be something that is a passion or a profession. But always, always do the very best you can and you will be successful. 